0: This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, sponsored by DS Beverage's, your Anheuser-Busch distributor in Paul Bunyan Country. Bonded Lock and Key, Paul Bunyan Country's home for Liberty Safes in Bemidji. Timberline Sports and Convenience in Black Duck, Lerberic Electric, Pepsi and I Bottling, and Ace on the Lake on Lake Bemidji's South Shore. We have a great show today. Later on, we're going to hear from Patrick Patches Olson. Of the Lone Angler Podcast, he and a couple of his podcasting buddies have come up with a great idea on how to have some fun, even though you don't get to go to the St. Paul Ice Show this year. We will hear from Bemidji area deer hunter Dan Peterson, who ran across a very unusual situation this year. But first... Checking in with Bruce Jean on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, outstanding guide up in the Rainy Lake area. He's also a hunter, and, and he's also a uh, middle school principal in the Elk River District, and we're going to talk about all of those subjects today. But first off, Bruce, thanks for taking some time today. It's great to have you back on the show.
1: It's always fun chatting with you, Kev.
0: Well, Bruce, most people know you as the fishing guide, of course. Uh, that's what you've been doing a lot of most of your adult life, along with being a, a middle school principal, but... Um, we're gonna start with that because obviously uh, the, the world we're living in education has been in front and center on how kids are learning and how it's going with staffs and uh, how, let's just uh, give you a wide open question. How has it been in Elk River so far this year?
1: Well, you know i I have to give a lot of credit to our Elk River teaching and learning team. Um, we were a one to we've been a one to one school district, thirteen thousand plus students for about four years so they've had their own device we've had chromebooks we've had ipads depending on their grade level and when we went distance learning back in march um, our staff our teachers were of course not ready but we were uh, by far more ready than a lot of local districts and and um, we really had a good um, plan i guess looking forward to it you know we had the snow days ready to go so you know that's kind of funny funny story i feel bad kev for our students nowadays remember when we would wake up as a kid and look outside if was a lot of snow we'd go to the radio or the tv snow day right you can go play outside it was awesome yep now what do the kids do they're on their computer for eight hours a day (laughs) so you know um but you know really give a lot of credit to that our staff have worked so hard this year as far as you know, tireless hours answering emails and phone calls, well, phone calls, if you will, questions, just, they've been just working tirelessly and and teachers around the state, around the nation are um, going way above and beyond. And it's, it's really a tribute to why they're in education. And, and I, you know, for those that are saying, you know, we, we need to get kids back in school and, you know, our teachers, our principals, we want the kids to be back in school too. We really do. Um, we just need to do it safely. And what does that look like? Nobody really knows, you know. So, um, but it, it's, it's, uh, it's a different world and, and we're doing it as best we can and we're making mistakes and we're learning from them and we're all growing in all ways. So, uh, it's, it's been a challenge.
0: Yeah, and I hear that from so many guys, like I, I was telling you off the air, so many of my guides, you know, there that I talked to over the course of the summer. And even the winter are, are, you know, teachers or administrators like yourself and uh, in different districts and just uh, they're all facing those same challenges that uh, that you're facing. So tell me a little bit, of what is Elk River doing educationally right now? Are you in school? Are you distance? Is it a combo? What's going on?
1: Yep. Well, as of Monday, we started uh, full distance learning for our secondary students. Um, we were in a hybrid model, and that's kind of been uh, a challenge as far as you know, we have half the kids on one day, half the other. And then those that aren't with us are teaching on, are learning online and our teachers are juggling two, three, four balls at once, trying to keep them in the air with our full distance learning students and their curriculum. And so um, our our elementary schools are going full distance learning on um, Monday, December 1st, or Tuesday, December 1st. So um, that's where we're at as a district. You know, our, our kids are really. Um, they're working hard. Our staff are working hard. It's, it's juggling the different schedules, you know, in-person hybrid distance, you know, there's, there's been so much change and, and um, it's, it it's been, it's been tough, but pe- people are definitely uh, adapting to it and uh, definitely going with grace. That's for sure. Okay.
0: It is a, it is definitely a challenge unquestionably. And obviously Um you know, we're going to hear more from the governor tonight, as far as activities and sports go, and that uh, that's going to you know break a few hearts too. I have a feeling.
1: I have a feeling as well. You know, I'm also a, a high school and college basketball referee, and and uh, you know, we we don't know what that's going to look like, but um, I'm assuming that's going to get pushed back even farther. And and uh, I feel just bad for the kids and the experiences and um, that they're missing out on. You know, our football, our, our volleyball, all the all the athletes and and all the Uh, extracurriculars as well you know there's so many things that are affected by this and and you know it's it's really an unfortunate thing
0: really really is uh one of the great respites for a lot of people though is that ability to get out in the woods or get out on the boat and enjoy the outdoors we saw record numbers of licenses uh in in fishing this year it's and uh, i know we saw a big uptick in hunting licenses not just Deer hunting, across the board hunting, people just taking advantage of that outdoors because they're just kind of looking for something good to do. And and uh, Bruce, you know that is a that is a great thing to do, and it's uh, probably a good thing long term for people's mental health and also for the health of uh, industries or the, the outdoor industry up here in, in Minnesota to see more and more people doing these things.
1: Absolutely, you know, um, working with uh, Corner Spray Sport and Marine Corner Sports of Bemidji there and. and those guys couldn't keep boats on the lot. And, you know, it's amazing. Four wheelers, those kind of things are just flying off the shelves. People are getting outside they're They're learning outdoors again. And it's a really neat thing because, you know, being in Minnesota Northern Minnesota, there's so much to do and, and, you know, the, the great lakes area that has the offer and, and, you know, so that's why we live in Minnesota. It's, it's not for January and a hundred below it's to be outside <laughs> and enjoy what we have. And, and, uh, you know, knowing that, Um, The license are up that the, you know, our guide trips are through the roof. People are already booking for next year that had Canada trips planned, um, you know, and and the contentious Trudeau in Canada, are they going to shut the borders down again or keep them shut, you know, through. And um, my sources are telling me that it's going to be probably through September next year. So what that's going to do is going to bump our our guide schedule a lot as well. And um, it's, it's. It's unfortunate for those Canadian resorts, but it's really nice for the Minnesota resorts and businesses that are going to benefit from it. So,
0: so Bruce, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the things you've been doing outdoors. Uh, certainly uh, deer hunting season continues. It uh, should be wrapping up real soon. Um, in, in, I'm just wondering, uh, I know you said you were out there doing some deer hunting. What did you find this year? Well, uh We found
1: opening deer season that what, what an opening weekend. Um, I don't ever remember sitting in a deer stand with a blaze orange t-shirt on. (laughs) And um, It's kind of funny. I had our our staff t-shirt on and um, I I, I took a selfie, if you will, and sent it to some of our staff. And it was, it was kind of a a fun little uh, joke. There were a few people that had our blaze orange staff shirts on. So it was, it was kind of fun. Um, you know, sitting in the, in the tree, uh, in nature, there's nothing, no better way to socially distance than that. And, uh, you know, just enjoying nature, um, you know, very, very, very few signs of rut, um, one scrape in our entire roughly 600 acres that we're on and, and um, you know, just not a lot of dumb bucks moving, if you will. So um, we, we did see a few. We're, we're kind of in a selective area, but um, the doles and fawns were prevalent. Uh, one thing that I, I hope our, our Minnesota DNR is keeping an eye on, are the amount of wolf sign, our wolf population has never been so strong. And sitting at, in our hunting shack, um, you know, midnight, uh, there were three different packs of wolves around the, around us you know we could hear them in different areas two at once and then another one was way off in the distance that was a different pack so there's definitely a lot of wolves in the area and I think it's going to do a number on our, our deer population as well so um, but deer, deer hunting's been good we got one more weekend left uh, hopefully the colder weather has spiked the rut a bit and uh, you know that timeline and um, you know what happens when those bucks become ruddy they get stupid and that's when we'll have a little more success with that so
0: yeah so tell me about uh where you do hunt i mean i know you, you probably don't want to give your exact spot out but uh is it your your hometown area up in the rainy lake area or do you go down in the elk river area
1: yep no we hunt up uh about 30 miles south of international falls okay um and, uh, we're uh between ray and little fork there and uh um we we've been in we bought that place in probably about 83 or 84 it's a family land and and uh, we have uh, plenty of deer stands and offers, so Kev, come on up, bring the rifle. We'll, uh, we've got a spot for you to sit, so <laughs> um, um, but yeah, you know' it's, it's uh, there's some state land there, and, and they they do a nice job logging piece by piece so that they don't clear cut the whole area, and it gives the deer a lot of areas to feed, grow, and, and to have some safety and cover so um, yeah,' been there for many years. So, uh, I mean, what's
0: the biggest one you've seen so far this year? Uh,
1: so I had a five-pointer in front of me um, two different times, a few spikes, a few, uh, a one three-pointer. Um, we're, we're kind of selective the first two weekends, and then now this weekend, hopefully the, the bigger ones come out. But if not, uh, we'll definitely take an eater. So, <laughs> um, But uh, last year, the third weekend, we shot three real nice bucks up there. So we're, we're looking forward to that again.
0: Do you hunt uh, for anything else, or are you mainly a deer hunter?
1: Uh, you know, we duck hunt, we goose hunt. Um, you know, it's it's a matter of uh, of time, and and uh, you know, we do some bull hunting. My brother's a big bull hunter up there, also a guide for Rainy Lake Guiding, and uh, um, he's he's been seeing. He's very selective as well. So, but it's it's uh, it's fun to watch a deer, and you know, just just a few things that uh, that uh, some some tips I jotted down, just for a successful deer hunt, um, you know, scent, odor, um, those are so important, having scent-free clothing, and, you know, we're big on hanging outdoor clothes, our blaze orange or camo, depending on if we're bow hunting or not, outside. Um, those shirts that you might have cologne or deodorants or anything like that on, uh, take those off, put, you know, scent-free stuff on, that's huge. Um, uh, you know, the old... All kinds of people have separate, you know, what's your favorite scent or your favorite, you know, dough and heat. And we believe strongly in pink, the dough and heat. I don't know if you've seen that or not, Kev, but no. uh, you don't want to break it in your pocket. Trust me, I did that a few years ago. And I basically had to throw that shirt away. It was so bad. <laughs> um, but really... Uh, you know, we have scent trackers, so you, you clip it onto your boot and you, you scent and you walk to your stand with that, and sometimes we'll have a buck just sniff and come walking right up to your stand, so it's, it's just about cheating. Um, another tip that I have, you know, if you're new to an area or don't know it very well and you're sitting in your deer stand, um, stay off your phone. Hey, yeah, all right, that's hard to do, isn't it? <laughs> it but, is. <laughs> um, zoom in on Google Maps and take a look at your area. You can see a lot, and granted, some areas have – more recent photos than others but you know zooming in and you can really see what your area is where the wind is blowing where you might look at alternative stands um uh you know so there's there's tips with that um but but google maps is a great tool to use and, and pop it up when you're in the deer stand and and uh and, and check that out and then of course the last tip i have is you know when you're buck hunting get there early especially in the rut uh, you know and get there before dark or before earlier and um you know we're one that we we sit pretty much all day we have comfortable stands heaters so what that means is unfortunately if you drink a lot of coffee like i do you don't want to be running up and down the stand so i bring a a one gallon milk jug uh, for relieving yourself and uh it sounds terrible but it's a real nice tip that uh, we got a few years ago so um yeah, so that's that's my deer hunting tips for you there, Kevin. Those don't cost you anything.
0: Okay, excellent. You know what? Uh know a lot of boats that have those one-gallon jugs too. Yep.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're gross, but they work
0: well. <laughs> they do. The thing about deer hunting and any hunting really is you've got to be alert. You've got to make sure that that is a duck, make sure that is a deer, and that is not somebody walking in the woods, right? I mean, that's so important.
1: Right. Right. You know, and, and safety is everything, you know, and, and, you know, there's, there's guys that don't wear blaze orange hats. Um, I'm big on, on wearing blaze orange, the hat, the jacket, rather than just the vest, you Mm -hmm. know, the safety, you don't want any accidents, but, um, you know, a lot of people wear headphones. They're listening to music in the stand. You'd be surprised even on a windy day or a mild day where there's not a lot of crunching, um, you can hear a deer a long time before you'll see them and keep your ears out for listening for deer. You know, those of you that have those enclosed stands with foot massagers and heaters <laughs> all over, you've seen some of those, right? Can, yep. <laughs> um, um, open your windows and enjoy the fresh air, but listen for the deer. You're going to hear them way before you're going to see them. And I, I think that's an important thing. And a lot of mistake that hunters make is they'll, they'll be, you know, listening or doing whatever enjoy the outdoors, unplug, and stay focused on what you're out there for. Well, am I guilty on going online and sending messages to my buddies? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, that's, that's the part of hunting that's also kind of fun too. So,
0: You know, I, uh, I did a camping trip with some friends up into the Boundary Waters, and uh, just it had been a long time for anything like that. And yet you, uh, there's, a, there's a beauty to just silence. Hmm because we we very seldom get silence in our modern world and uh, sitting in the woods or sitting at a campsite and just nothing there's a beauty that we don't experience very often
1: you know and uh you know my dad just passed a year and a half ago now and and one of his favorite things was to try to capture nature all right so he was somewhat of a photographer but more he liked to lure in, remember those gray jays? We don't have a lot of them around anymore, but those camp robbers, you know, they'd eat everything. Mm-hmm. Well, so he would put those, uh, don't tell my mom this, but oatmeal cookies out and homemade and those camp robbers would, he'd put them out, they'd eat and then he'd leave and then they'd get closer and, and pretty soon he'd put it in between his two hands. And as the camp robber, those gray jays would come, he'd, he, one time he's sitting in the deer stand and it was dead, silent, not a scuff of noise or anything. And he caught one of those gray jays with his bare hands, right? Well, what did that gray jay do? But it let out a scream that was heard for miles away. And he goes, Jesus, that thing was loud. <laughs> so, you know, when you mentioned silence, I just hear that story and I could just picture my dad catching a bird by his hand and then just getting squawked at, you know. So, but he didn't see any deer that rest of that day. So, I bet. <laughs> it's kind of a funny story that I like to repeat. So,
0: We talk fishing with Bruce later on in the show. Still to come, Patrick Patches Olson on a big virtual event he's putting together with a couple of other podcasters. But first, what do you do when two people shoot the same deer? Dan Peterson tells that story next. This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. today on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, we get to talk about an unusual situation in the hunting world with Dan Peterson. Uh, Dan, you're from what, north of Bemidji, correct?
2: Right, up by Campbell Lake.
0: Okay, oh, Campbell Lake, I used to fish there when I was a kid, actually.
2: Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, Dan, an interesting story in uh, that your friend Kevin Hench has passed on to me and thought uh, I would like it for Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. And I thought, yeah, this is kind of a unique, uh, interesting story and some great uh, sportsmanship shown as well. So I'll let you uh, tell the story in your own words. Uh, we know it all started when you when you spotted the deer.
2: Yeah, well, I'd been watching some bucks chasing some does um, across the neighbor on the neighbor's field, and uh, I'd seen a couple of forks and spikes and uh, an eight pointer, and wasn't really interested in shooting those. So I was keeping an eye on the on the woods or on the field, and right next to a stand of woods, I saw. a bigger body and I put my binoculars up and it was the biggest deer I'd ever seen on our property or it was actually on the neighbor's property at that time but it was watching a doe that was in our field which is about 150 yards away from me and I watched the, the buck through the binoculars for probably about five minutes and then all of a sudden the doe took off right towards me and the buck jumped the fence and followed her and he got Broadside to me about twenty five yards and and somehow, through my buck fever shot made a good shot, and the buck walked about twenty yards into the woods and tipped over. so I waited to make sure it wasn't still alive. Got down from my stand, walked over, was of course very excited, <laughs> and took a picture of it, and I walked around to take a picture of it from the side. And notice there was blood in the lower abdomen, which I had shot it through the rib cage. And uh, about that time, I looked up in the corner of the field, and I saw someone in orange waving. And I thought, you know, in that instant, I knew what had happened. Someone had shot the buck first. So I met a father and son about halfway up the field, and they told me that the son had shot. And then the father shot and missed it. And they asked if they could see it. And I said, yeah. So we all went into the woods. And long story short, I, I just, I knew I'd feel bad either way. So I <laughs> I took the high road and gave him the deer. <laughs> oh.
0: the, the first shot, he, he did hit him, but it doesn't sound like that was going to kill him.
2: Uh, I mean, I, I'm no pathologist, but I, I don't know. Uh, it sure sure wasn't acting wounded. Uh, all it was interested in was that doe. Yeah. So I was surprised to see that it had been shot. And of course, I had no idea if it was going to live or die. And with the 11-year-old standing there, <laughs> so, you know, I knew I, I would feel bad if I kept it and or guilty. And um, I knew I'd be disappointed if I gave it away, but I felt I made the right decision
0: that's a pretty cool story and I, I appreciate what you did obviously that is a huge memory for an 11 year old kid to, to a deer of that size and that's a tough one to say goodbye to how big was it it
2: was a 10 pointer and um i saw a post that had weighed 205 pounds Wow! probably not a big deer you know we we have land right behind our house which is where we hunt and uh That's a big deer for me. (laughs) I mean, I have a 12-pointer that I shot back there on the wall, and this deer's rack was much bigger than that one as far as girth and stuff, width. In fact, uh, the young man's pictures in the paper, I think it was the weekender holding the deer, if anybody wants to look at it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, did, did you at least get a picture of you with it?
2: I did, yeah. Okay. They were nice enough to take a couple of pictures of me with it, so... And the father was, you know, handled it very admirably, admirably, and I thought, you know, there's a lot of men out there that I suspect could be a real jerk about it, but he actually left it up to me, and I thought that was pretty nice of him. So he, he was very thankful and said it was a good lesson for him and his son, so... It all worked out well.
0: Good for you, Dan. And and I think you know we we talk so much about wanting kids to get involved in the outdoors and those outdoor activities. And those memories are important to keep them doing that. And so, in a lot of ways, that was a that was a great move on your part. Tough one.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's a decision I I guess I wouldn't have wanted to have to make, but I did.
0: (laughs) Hats off to you, and and I appreciate you sharing that because, you know, uh, it doesn't happen that often, but it does happen sometimes, and maybe it'll be uh, some advice for another person that happens to in the future. And handling it well and not fighting about it and not being jerks. uh, That's important to be civilized about these things. Yeah. Well, Dan Peterson, I appreciate you taking the time to tell us your story. I hope you get another one at least that size, uh, and no disputes this time.
2: All right. Thanks. Appreciate it.
0: Well, it's time now to check in with Patrick Patches Olson, who is a podcaster. He has the Lone Angler podcast, and he and a couple other podcasters came up with a great idea to help those of us who'd love to go to those uh, ice shows and outdoor shows who can't go to them because of COVID. We're going to get into that in a little bit, but first of all, Patrick, welcome to the show. Oh, Thanks for having me on, Kevin. It's been a little while. It has. In fact, uh, I, I'm trying to remember, when we, when we first had you on, you, uh, <laughs> what did you call, uh, what is it you called you did? Fishing Paul Bunyan Country's Least Wanted or I something fish, like that? Yeah, fishing the unwanted. You know what?
3: Uh, I still do that. You, yeah, uh, I'm still trying to bring awareness to the uh, to the less uh, sought after or loved fish. What are some of the ones you fish for? Oh man, <clears throat> well, I still continue to fish for sheep's head. Um, lately, I've been uh, having a lot of fun with rock bass. Uh, matter of fact, I uh, got a couple that are coming back from the taxidermist here real soon. Um, and then I uh, I started doing the Minnesota Master Angler program, and uh, I've got a silver Red Horse Master Angler, rock bass Master Angler, Moon Eye Master Angler, um, sturgeon, and then a uh, bluegill. Okay, so wow, it's, it's been kind of fun. Uh, the the whole Master Angler list is it puts a a little more awareness out there when you're out on the water. It's it's a little extra something to keep in your back pocket to keep things interesting.
0: You know, when we've got so many wonderful fish here, like uh, walleye, of course, and bluegills and crappies and just, to, you know, the musky, um, you know, uh, we get a little highbrow about things. But a lot of those fish you mentioned, those are fish that are actually quite delicious and people love them in different parts of the uh, the world. Uh, for, in- and for instance, you mentioned sheep's head. Uh that's actually called a drum and it's a very popular fish down in Texas for example.
3: Yeah, um I also found out that uh, North Dakota, they consume a lot of they call them silver bass over that way and uh they bake them and they fry them and it's quite delicious. I don't know. I I have yet to eat one of these critters except for rock bass. <laughs> I have eaten those.
0: <laughs> okay. Um so uh the main reason we're having you on, first of all, well, let's let's get into The Lone Angler a little bit. Tell us about that podcast. Oh, man. Uh, the, old, the Lone Angler, I'm in my second season. I uh, just started.
3: Um, I released uh, the very first episode, uh, let's see, it'd be last year, around September, and um, uh, prior to that, I was doing The Broken Line with a friend, and he ended up moving away, and we we kind of I was gonna take over the loan or the uh, Broken Line podcast and, and just continue it, but I kind of wanted it because it was him and I that burnt birthed that thing. I kind of wanted to do a clean slate, and I really had a good time doing the Broken Line. But the problem was was Aaron always did the back end stuff, the audio editing, the uploading, and all that kind of stuff, and, and I basically just sat on the microphone. And so I hemmed and hawed it, and at first I wasn't going to get back into podcasting, but I loved it so much that I decided to, and I had some encouragement from a good friend of mine, uh, Doug Limmerveen, he uh, he encouraged me, and then another friend of mine down in Nebraska who really enjoyed The Broken Line, said, I want you back on doing podcasts, I really enjoy what you got to say, and so I said, okay, and I... I fumbled through, and I started learning how to, to edit audio and and create shows, and, and uh, I quickly found out how much I really do love podcasting, and so, uh, yeah, I kicked around the idea of a name, and I just came up with The Lone Angler based on some input from some friends, and it also reflects uh, a lot of a lot of my fishing style, because I chase these weird fish, I often fish alone. <laughs> so it just kind of fit, you know.
0: What are some of the things you cover on the podcast?
3: Oh man, um, I cover just about anything. Um, most it's all it's all based on fishing. I don't hunt, so I really don't talk about it too much. Uh, if it comes up, I, I usually just say, you know, hey, I used to hunt grouse and rabbits when I was a kid. I never really got into deer hunting or anything like that, so I have a tendency to not talk about it. I just basically stick to fishing, um, different types of fishing, species awareness. Um, I think the main premise of the Lone Angler is it's really hard to put a, put it into a box. I've just always wanted to capture fishermen's conversations, and there are some things you can learn from the podcast it all depends each episode is really different. Um, I even have another little segment that I've been trying out called the lone angler unhooked because I have interests outside of fishing that sometimes trickle into the main, the main podcast topics or whatever for the night. Um, I decided to maybe do something like that. So I guess, at the end of the day, it's kind of an outdoors variety show, if you will. I guess that'd be the best way to describe it.
0: Oh, okay, interesting. And where do we find that podcast? And how often do you do a new one?
3: I I try to upload uh, two episodes a week. They come out Monday and Friday, usually around six a.m. By six a.m., they're available. Uh, anywhere you can find a podcast, uh, Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Radio, Spotify, um, you know, and then a lot of them third-party applications as well. So uh, recently, just recently, got on Spotify. It was probably four or five months ago. So that's that's helping out a lot. That seems to be a real popular thing. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, Mondays and Fridays at 6 a.m. They usually come out, and and then in. in in between there, that's where that little bonus episode pops up. Once in a great while, nothing's set in stone. And, and I think that's the fun part about podcasting, or at least right now is, you know, I'm two years into this or just starting my second year and, and just trying different ideas of how I want this thing to eventually grow into. So
0: Okay. Well, you and a couple other podcasters have come up with an idea. Tell us about that.
3: Yeah, um, so with the whole coronavirus thing that, that, that we've all been dealing with, and it's hard thing to talk about, and and a lot of things have uh, have changed. You know, it, there's a lot of things that we that we used to like to do aren't available right now. And we, when I say we, myself, uh, the Lone Angler and Smackdown Outdoors podcast and Full Scale Outdoors podcast, they're two two really close friends of mine. Uh, we got to chatting way back in August, knowing that the St Paul Show was going to get canceled now we didn 't have any inside information or anything like that, but just the way things were going, uh, I remember talking to Doug and I said, "Hey, man, I think we really need to use our podcast. you know we 've got these platforms we 're we're, we're known in the in the fishing industry. i think I think we as fans need to do something." And he's like, yeah, I think so, too. And and Doug's podcast, that would be Smackdown Outdoors, he goes live on Facebook every Tuesday, and he's been doing that for about a year and a half. And he's accumulated a rather large viewing audience. So we decided to um, do the St. Paul Ice Show virtually. Now, we have no affiliation with the with the company that, that runs the St. Paul Ice Show. We just kind of started... Uh, By building a an Excel spreadsheet and just visualizing ourselves, because we both have worked the show, um, uh, you know, as a as a vendor for various uh, fishing companies, we just like mentally started walking through the shows that we've been to and started writing down company names, and then from there, it was getting hold of these companies and and seeing if they wanted to take part in this and. And uh, we have a full schedule. Um, it was, uh, I'm glad we started in August. Uh, by the end of September, we pretty much, I think we were about 90% full. The response for, the, for what we were doing from all companies, big and small, was just huge thumbs up and, and a lot of like, this is, this is what we need right now. And so how the show works how it's going to work is it's going to stream live on Facebook through the SmackDown Outdoors podcast page. It's free to watch. It will be going live. And it's free for the companies that are partaking in this. Each company will get a 25-minute block to talk about their products. And, and uh, if there's time left allowed, Doug and I and Dale, we will you know, bring forth the questions that viewers have for this. And we're doing it the exact same times as the St. Paul show would be open. So Friday, it, it's going to start at uh, where our show is going to start at noon and go until I believe 9:30, uh, 10 o'clock. And then Saturday is from 8 a.m. to 10 o'clock, and then Sunday is 8 a.m. to 4. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun and quite the undertaking, but. We're uh, we're pretty excited to get this underway and and try to get um try to recreate that that fun atmosphere that the St. Paul show brings, you know, at least some of that atmosphere.
0: And what uh, what are the dates again?
3: Uh, it's December fourth through the sixth, so Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Okay. Um. Yeah, like I said, uh, and we have. All the the major brands: uh, Clam, Vexar, Markham, Otter, Eskimo, Frevel, Plano, Humminbird, <laughs> all the all the big guys. Um, a lot of the the smaller local companies as well. You know, um, Northland Tackle, they're they're in on it. They're not a small company, but they they jumped at the chance right away. Um, yeah, we have uh, 47 uh, 25 minute time blocks, and like I said, they're all. They're awful
0: <laughs> okay well it sounds like a yeah. great event uh, coming up december 4th 5th and 6th it's a virtual event again what which of the websites do, do we go to find that
3: you'll be able to find it on um facebook on smackdown outdoors podcast facebook page um we decided to go with uh with doug's page instead of creating something new we've never I, a little disclaimer here we've we've never done anything like to this magnitude um, that's why we started doing this thing back in August and uh, we're pretty confident that we got a pretty good handle on things but but yeah, it's all going to be done through Facebook for this, this first year right now so if you're going to be looking for this show go to uh, Facebook and go to Smackdown Outdoors podcast page, just search that that's where you're going to find a lot of the information we're going to post the show schedule so that people will know what companies are going on? What times? I'll share that through the Lone Angler Facebook page as well, or my own personal page, uh, Patrick Patches Olsen. All right, and that way, because we don't expect uh, people to sit on the couch and from eight o'clock in the morning <laughs> until ten o'clock at night. I know there's some hardcore dudes out there that might do that, but but we thought it'd be cool to put up the schedule, and that way you could, you know, kind of cherry pick your day, you know, and get get your responsibilities done, and still take in and see what you want to see from various vendors
0: sounds like a great plan and a great option for people who would love to be at that show uh you know uh it's all about innovation in 2020 that's for sure and it looks like you guys have done that again uh, which facebook page is that
3: uh smackdown outdoors podcast
0: smackdown outdoors podcast facebook page it'll run december 4th through the 6th and uh on patch's uh page as well we'll get some information too so uh patrick anything else we need to know um you know
3: uh we're just a lot of us are just waiting on that first ice, and it was raining up here today and then we'll get old bemidji so we just got a little wait a little longer and uh just uh, be patient everybody and when that when things start getting uh capped over just be cautious out there and and have some fun
0: from the Lone Angler Podcast, that is Patrick Patches Olsen. Big event coming up December 4th through the 6th, virtually and online. Patrick, thanks for the time today. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. I, you have a good day, Kevin. This is Paul Bunyan, Country Outdoors, checking back in now with Bruce Jean. Well, let's talk a little bit of fishing. You were mentioning uh, getting some good crappie action prior to the deer hunting season.
1: Boy, we have... It's been an interesting... Uh fall winter so we had fall and winter and then fall and then whatever this is here but we had a week before deer season kevin that the crappie bite was phenomenal and we we hit a local lake in this area here and um uh, there was a basin about 26 to 30 feet and we went through and there was school after school and the important part was marking them and then staying on top of that school uh, I was out with a couple of buddies for a few of the days, and then I, I have an 81 year old guy I like to fish with, and uh, boy, does he know how to catch fish! But he's he, he's a lot of fun. Um, he's only a minnow head guy, and I was using a full minnow. I was using waxies. I was changing, and and he had the minnow head and was out fishing me two, three, four to one, and finally I had to go to a minnow head. But it but the interesting part was I was trying different things, and when you're when you're sitting over a school of crappies like that and they are not biting, you need to keep moving and looking for the fish that are feeding. And um, throughout the day, we were catching the bigger crappies in that basin, the higher up. So when you're looking at schools of crappies like that, and, you know, you're on the bottom and you wind up two three feet, we were catching the bigger ones six, eight feet up off the bottom. And that was where we were getting the, the keeper fish on that one. So, um, you know, the bite was interesting. We were using jigging wraps for a while and then they just stopped and we were using full minnows and then they just stopped. And, you know, so the the thing about crappie fishing in the fall is in early winter here, early ice is going to be good too. be mobile, be, you know, able to switch, move, um, have different lines ready, uh, jigging wraps, minnow heads, uh, all kinds of stuff, but it's important to be mobile. And that's, you know, we talked about that last winter about the big sleeper houses and so on. Um, what What's the best way to, to catch fish and, again, being mobile and trying different things? So.
0: Yeah, those uh, those big houses do not uh, make it easy to be mobile. They sure make it comfortable, uh, and they make for a great weekend, but you, you're not going to be moving much.
1: No, that's for sure. And, and, you know, with this early ice, be safe. You know, I, I know that there's ice on red um you know some of the local lakes i froze over but we're going to have another warm up here again the sun is very powerful um fishermen just be careful out there um no crappier walleye is definitely worth going for a swim in 32 degree water
0: no that's that's a fact how thick do you want it to be before you're comfortable out there
1: boy you know i it, you know, i bring my chisel out on early ice and i give it two hits and if i go through i'm going to go back and uh and uh, get ready for <laughs> something else, right? So mm-hmm. I I need a good five six inches of ice before I'm going to go out and uh, and just be safe because five six in one area means it could be two three in another and uh, you know I'm I'm not a little guy Kev <laughs> I need a little more ice than the average person <laughs> I think so. <laughs>
0: how how was the uh, fall fishing for you know all the species up on uh, up on rainy this year?
1: So you know the rainy river is generally a real good bite. And this year, the Shiner Run was fairly early, came up, and we had about five, six days of excellent fishing. The few guide trips I had up there were phenomenal. We were boating 30, 40 walleyes and you know nothing big. I think the biggest we got was 24 inches, but they were all 18 to 22, 23 nice walleyes. Um, and then it just kind of shut right off. It was really a weird year when it should have been on and and it wasn't, so... Um, the Rainy Lake bite was decent. Um, again, it was just a different year, and, and I don't know if it was from the fishing pressure on Rainy this year. Uh, w- we had more boats than I've ever seen on that lake in 27 years of guiding out there, and a lot of it, of course, with with the border being closed, people go as far north as they could and shut her down. And so the river, the lakes, they got a lot of pressure up there, but. Um, you know, it was good for a while and then she just kind of got to be below average fishing. And I think a lot of guys up there would say the same.
0: Okay. Um, typically, is it a good uh, area for ice fishing?
1: Well, it is, you know, for those that want to come up and, and, uh, uh, do a lot of searching for fish, you know, mm-hmm. rainy 's a structure, like it's got a million structured reefs, humps, um, You know, there's so many places to fish and to try different levels and depths. And, you know, if if you want to tear apart a lake as far as a Navionics map and and go that way, it's a fun lake for that. Um, I will tell you that me and a lot of the guides on Rainy, we go to Lake of the Woods to fish or we go to Red. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the fishing bite is is a little more uh, consistent on those two lakes, if you will. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's fun. You're on a snowmobile, you got, a, a, you're portable, you move, um, but, you know, you limit out, but it's not like you're going to catch a hundred fish like you would on Lake of the Woods. So,
0: yeah, boy, Lake of the Woods and red in the, in the winter time, the amount of pressure those lakes get and did th- <laughs> th- th- they still keep cranking out the fish?
1: You know, and, and, and that's the big question that, you know, I'm one of my other roles, up in International Falls and Rainy Lake as a member of the Rainy Lake Sports Fishing Club. I I took my dad's seat there, and, and, you know, with the heavy pressure, and and how do those lakes continue to reload? And, and, you know, you look at Lake of the Woods and the amount of 30-inch fish and the amount of 9-inch fish and then everything in between. How does it continue to reproduce when the amount of boats gets greater and greater? And you see those launches coming in. There's there's very few days where those launches don't have their full limits of dandy walleye. So yep, it, it's the lake still maintains. So uh, it's pretty impressive.
0: Well, and, the, and now we're to the point where uh, at least on red, the last couple of years, there's been far more pressure and poundage taken off during ice fishing season than in the soft water season.
1: Right, right, and and that that's a big thing. Now the limit went down to three for this year on red. Yep. And I'm I'm curious to see how that's going to change things. Um, and remember what the slot size was, Kev.
0: Uh, I think it was the same slot. I think.
1: Okay. All right. So I didn't know if they were going to adjust that or not. But that that's going to be a big indicator to see how much you know. A lot of my neighbors and friends. You know, in, in the Elk River area here, they head up to Red Lake so they can bring fish back. They mm-hmm. like to keep fish, and so I'm wondering if you know reducing from four to three, or even you know if it's going to be less. I've heard in the future if that'll eliminate some of the fishing pressure up there or not. Who knows? You know, so
0: yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, the the thing about walleye fishing is walleyes are really good. They're really tasty, and yeah, I mean, it uh, who wouldn't want to keep them? They're they're good to eat
1: they are they are you know and, and walleyes and crappies probably my favorite fish to, to eat um but there's nothing better than bringing a fish up uh front in the fish house going right from hole to fry pan <laughs>
2: oh.
1: that's that cold water walleye is is phenomenal in all those lakes up there so a lot of a lot of good times there
0: so do you do any ice fishing guiding or your group do any ice fishing guiding we do you know
1: um my brother has a rental house that he's he's going to start um you know doing doing a little bit more with but you know it's it's it it doesn't really pay very well when you think about the time effort and energy to keep a road open and plow it and if it's not your full-time job it's hard to make any money at it so but um but definitely he'll he'll take you out and, and put you on fish if that's something you want to do on rainy
0: so okay yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's so many good lakes, even in the winter, to fish. And, you know, last year was a really tough year for much of the area, much of the winter. Uh, so I think people are really hoping they can get a good uh, good level of ice and, you know, ability to get out there. I think you're going to see probably more ice fishing than ever after the tough year we had last year.
1: I agree. And, you know, normally on, on the marketplaces and things like that for sale, people had all kinds of fish houses for sale or, you know, their sleeper houses and, you know, people buy them, use them a year or two. Say they only use them maybe once or twice and then they sell them. You don't see that much anymore this year. So I think people are planning on doing that. You know, the one thing, I hope the resorts have a good ice winter. You know, we we don't need a 20-inch snowstorm uh, the day before Christmas. <laughs> and You know, and I, I just I hope that that we have good ice and safe ice, and that people get out and enjoy social distancing, distancing at its finest. And that's fishing, you know. Yeah,
0: so, uh, absolutely. Anything else you want to share before we wrap it up today?
1: Well, uh, no, Kevin. You know, I just uh, um, you know if, if uh, something you're interested in doing, there's there's basically um, three of the big resorts on Rainy Lake, Thunderbird Lodge, Island View Lodge, and Shea Shea Resort. Um, and then of course the houseboat companies. But if, if, if a resort and, and a trip to Rainy is something that's, that's in your, don't hesitate. Don't wait to book your trip. I know they're, they're getting a lot of reservations now. Um, and definitely get your, uh, get your rental booked. And there's a lot of VRBOs as well up there, but you know, get that booked, and you know if you want to go fishing for a half a day or something like that, uh, definitely uh, look us up. Rainy Lake Guiding. We'll we'll take you out.
0: Yeah, and and like you say, um, if Canada's closed again next year, there's gonna be a lot of people that are that are gonna be uh, fishing just south of the border. And there's you know, and I think some of them probably Bruce are gonna are, are gonna maybe stay south of the border when they realize you know what, I can keep more fish. It's a lot easier. You know,
1: I was talking to the owner of Thunderbird here at the end of August and I said, so record summer and, you know, they just bought the resort. They are like, this is, it's been awesome. And I said, how many of those that went to Canada are rebooking? And she said, there's a lot. So, you know, for, for our resorts on the Minnesota side, it's been a benefit that COVID has really helped keep them out of Canada. They, They can have a beer in the boat. If that's what you're into, you can keep four fish per person up in Canada it's one maybe two um you know you're not getting harassed you're not the prices are a lot lower there's just so many pros to staying in the states and the and the scenery and the fishing is just as good as far as I'm concerned so yeah you're i think we're going to see a lot of a lot of people that used to do those fly-ins and those trips up north they're going to stay put and they're they're going to enjoy their stuff here so
0: I'm amazed at how many people, you know, you mentioned <clears throat> the scenery is, is, is good. I'm, I'm amazed at how many people don't realize, you know, what uh, Voyagers National Park and Rainy Lake is all about and, and, and how amazing it is. Still, people who have lived in Minnesota their whole lives still don't know that.
1: And, and, you know, until you've seen a true glacier-cut lake, you know, you, you drive up through Rainy and there's, there's a spot where there's about a 100-foot rock cliff that's straight down. And you don't see that anywhere else. You know, I, I love Lake Bemidji. It's it's a great lake to fish, and you know, I I have a lot of success on that lake. But it is not a very scenic lake to fish, if you know <laughs> what I mean. But you come up to Rainy, you know, and those of you in Bemidji and, and the Cass Lake area, make a day trip up there. Plan a trip to Rainy, and and you know, check it out. It, it's it's amazing. You'll keep coming back just because of the scenery. It's it's amazing.
0: All right, and how do we get about to go about getting something set up for next year?
1: Sure, uh, you can check out RainyLinkGuiding dot com, um, and that you know you can see uh, also on uh, all the uh, social media platforms Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and uh, I just started a uh, uh, TikTok social media page. Oh
0: wow! Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> let me tell you. Those middle schoolers are good at teaching me how to use TikTok, that's for sure. So uh, I, it's funny, I, a little side story here. I, I had a 94-year-old fishing with me this summer, and uh, he, he had a great day. I just videotaped him winding in. Uh, I was like a 22-inch walleye, you know, and that video went nuts. It's it's around 100,000 views with just that one guy catching fish. I just put it up there. So, you know, it, it's amazing how far out social media will go and there's people from all over the world commenting on it. So it's it's kind of neat but um sidebar there you can reach me at 763-238-7507 is my cell phone and, and um we'll definitely get you scheduled and if you want to come up for the day shoot me a message, give me a call. You know, you don't need to hire my services. I'll just put you on some fish and uh, hopefully you have a good time as well. So
0: awesome. Um, yeah. Bruce Jean from Rainy Lake Guide Services uh, joining us today. He's one of our favorites on the show and uh, one of our most successful. The guy when, when when Bruce Jean gets on the show, people respond. Man, so just uh, don't don't get to get to your head or anything, Bruce. But uh, people like what you have to say. We like what you have to say. Thanks for taking the time today. We appreciate it. Thanks, Kev. I appreciate it. It's always fun talking to you. This has been Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, sponsored by DS Beverages, your Anheuser-Busch distributor in Paul Bunyan Country. Ace on the Lake on Lake Bemidji's South Shore. Bonded Lock and Key, your home for Liberty Safes in Bemidji. Pepsi and I bottling of Bemidji. Timberline Sports and Convenience in Black Duck and Clearbrook Electric. Thanks for joining us. We'll do it all again next week.
2: Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtnduegaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.
0: GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage.